Okay. So I'm going to do now, it is for me Thursday night, for you hopefully sometime Friday. I'm going to do Friday's Tanya and Shabbos. Just put a little plug. Is it incredibly special Shabbos? Because it's Shabbos, Shavasa Batamas, the first day of the three weeks. So it's really cool because it's Shavasa Batamas and we're eating. We are going to have to fast on Sunday, but let's not think about that. The point is that Shavasa Batamas and we're eating. And Shavasa Batamas, the inner core of all of these fast days of the Harban, is Mashiach. How was God allowed to destroy a temple only to build a better one? The only purpose of destruction is construction. And that's why in the times of Mashiach, all of these fast days will be holidays, will be the best holidays, will be the biggest holidays. All year long, our kids will be talking about Tishaba. So the inner core of Shivasar Batamla, Shivasar is 17, which is actually the numerical value of good, is Mashiach. And the inner core of Shabbos is Mashiach. So when the two converge, you have the Mashiach of Shabbos and the Mashiach of Shabbos of Batamla coming up together. It's a very powerful day. And on a practical note, make lots of good extra food and have a really awesome Mulav Malka. So Malka is Mashiach's meal, the Suda of David, Malka Mashiach. And celebrate, and hopefully we should not have to come to fast on Sunday because we should be in Yerushalayim before then. That was the commercial for the special Shabbos. Now going to the Tanya. We are going to finish now the chapter because we do the next section. If you look inside, you see it's sort of split into sections. The next section is Friday, and then the final section is Shabbos. So we just said yesterday, We've been going back and forth this whole chapter on the idea of fasting. Because first we said, just a fast overview of this, sec- of this piece of Tanya, of this whole garrison shuva, this letter on repentance. First we said, do not think fasting is part of repentance. It's not. Great. Then we said, but you could fast after you repented and atone because it's an awesome tool to bring out God's goodwill and you want to be in his good graces. And it actually, Numbers. The Arizal wrote down for many significant fasts exactly how many fasts, for many significant sins, sorry, exactly how many fasts you have to fast for each sin. Uh, 83 for this, and 151 for this, and 76 for this. And in this chapter we said, okay, so what if I do one of those sins like 10 times? Do I do 10 times 86? 10 times 151? And we said, well, there are those that say you should. There are those that say you should do 10 times 151 or 10 times 86. But the accepted compromise is do that regimen of fast, if it's 151 or if it's 86 or if it's 67, times three. Because three times is like penetration of the sin. So 73 times three for drinking wine of the non-Jews. Uh, 61 times 3 for not praying, 151 times 3 for anger, instead of actually doing it times however many times you actually sin. Okay, so now we know what to do. But then we said yesterday, wait a minute, this is a tremendous number of fasts. 151 times 3, and 73, and 67 times 3, and I mean, we don't have the strength for it. We don't. And if you don't, and you fast, you're a sinner. So instead, redeem all the fast with charity. Continuing today, but on the 
It really is a very important thing to fast. Be fast. Again, even though we are saying you don't have to, clearly, and we're saying your tshuva, your repentance, is completely complete without it, clearly. But if you want to be close to God and you know that after you sinned, even though he forgave you, he forgave you, but like you know what it's like if someone messes up and you forgive them. We want to be close to God. And fasting is a tremendous tool to becoming close to God. So you want to fast. But at the same time, if you're weak and you fast, you're a sinner. And all of us nowadays are too weak to fast, you know, at least thousands of times. So what do you do? So the Rebbe said, you should fast, but in a smart way. In a way that even your weaker constituency can handle it. So how do we do this? So, first of all, the Rebbe said, you don't have to fast for every sin, even though the Arizal might tell you that if you missed even, like, not praying, which is basically there are three types of sins. Not doing a positive, which is the least. Negating a negative, meaning transgressing a prohibition, which is worse. And third category, something for which a person will be obligated to either have execution or curse. But the Arizal, even for not praying, which is the least, you know, that's not doing a positive, he said 61 fast. And for drinking wine of the non-Jews, which is going against a rabbinic prohibition, he said 73 fast. So, even for more minor sins in terms of this ranking of sins, there's an awful lot of that. So the Rebbe says, okay, let's at least focus on severe sins, meaning a sin that if you did this sin, either you'll be punishable by death in the times of the temple by uh, the court, the Sanhedrin, or it's something for which you're punishable by death by the hands of heaven, or it's something for which you're punishable of courage, your soul getting cut off. So we're talking about really big sins, which maybe in our reality nowadays might be someone willfully transgressing the Shabbos. I'm trying to think of a realistic example of such a sin. Rabbit says for such a big sin, you really should fast. But if you fast and make yourself weak, you're a sinner. <laughs> so how are we going to do this? So the Rebbe gives the example of Zerubatala, of something having a wasteful emission, wasteful emission of zero. So the Arizal says, for that sin, it's 84 times. If you did it a bunch of times, it's supposed to be 84 times 3. So the Rebbe says, this is how you do it. One series of fasts, meaning the first 84, fast 84 days. But you don't have to fast 84 days in a row or in a year. The Rebbe says, every year fast like 10 of the 84 days. So over nine years, you'll complete these 84 fasts. And the Rebbe says, you can fast in the winter. You know, in the winter it gets dark at like four something. So it's a very short fast. And the Rebbe says you can wake up early if you make the condition the night before and eat, you know, like some people actually do nowadays by a fast day. So if you eat, you can wake up early and eat before the time, if you made this condition before, so you ate before, the fast is over like 4.30, 5 o'clock. Do 10 such fasts winter for nine winters and you did those 84 fasts. So if you think of it like that, it's really doable and it's not going to make you weak. 
Okay, that's 84. But I'm supposed to do three times 84 if I've done this numerous times, which I probably have. So the Rebbe says, well, for the next two sets of 84, let's do something even lighter. Two half-day fasts could be considered a whole-day fast. That's what it says in the Talmud Yerushalmi. So instead of doing another 168 fast days, meaning taking another like 20 years to do these, all these fasts, fast half-day fast. Fast 84 double, 164, 168, and then another 168. So now we're at like 330 or something like that. All of those half-day fasts, because two half-day fasts is like one whole-day fast. And a half-day fast is really no big deal. I mean, it really isn't. A half-day fast means, depending on the time of year, you're fasting until 1230, 1-ish. So, I mean, that's not a big deal. It's not going to affect your health. You don't need to make big preparation. You could do a bunch of those. You could do a few of those a week. And just keep count. <laughs> and over a, a few years, you'll finish off the other 252 fasts meaning doubling that, really. So you're going to finish off 168 doubled, um, whatever, something like, I don't know, 330-something. You'll do that, and then you will have completed three times the 84 fat. And then the Rebbe adds, and do this for similar sins as well, meaning... Until now, the author Rebbe was saying, do this for a sin for which you would be obligated to receive some type of death. Death by the hands of heaven, death by the court below, spiritual death of your soul. But now the Rebbe broadens it to similar sins, means not exactly idolatry or murder, but sins that are considered similar to idolatry and murder. And for such similar sins, the Rebbe says, you should be strict on yourself and you should fast this regimen of three fasts, three times whatever. And the Rebbe is giving you a, a practical way to do it. Take the first set and spread it out over a number of fasts per winter, like 10 fasts a winter over however many years it takes. Don't worry, God's giving you eternal life. And the other two sets, double that, and make them into two half-day fasts, and then you can fast that way. I remember once I um, unfortunately saw a favorite turf on the floor. Horrible, horrible, horrible thing to see. I remember asking the Rav Shaila because there's the concept that you're supposed to fast, and he told me to do two half-day fasts. And a half-day fast is very minor. So that's what the author of it says in Friday, Tanya. In Shabbos, and concluding the chapter, we say, but there's still a lot of other fasts out there. Meaning, the whole concept of fasting three times 84 or three times 151 is a compromise. If you remember the original dispute, do we view these fasts as a chatzas offering or an oila offering? If it's an oila offering, it's fine. One offering of the oila could be for many sins. But if it's a chattas, it's only one person. So this person, you, missed prayer 
hundreds of times, 50 times, 70 times, 30 times. So to do that regimen of fast times three is great and amazing and really special. But the author ever says, but really there's a lot of other fasts you're supposed to do because that's only the, the compromise opinion. What about those that say it's like a chatzah and then you really have to do it per time? But the Rebbe says you should acknowledge that opinion, but not by fasting. But now we're going to go back to what we said yesterday, but by redeeming those days in charity. So if a person knows that he sinned many times, many times he didn't pray, many times he had Zerolavatala, many times he indulged in anger, many times he drank wine that was not kosher for a Jew to drink. So three sets, okay, I mean, halavai. But beyond that, or for us, it might be the entire thing because we're not going to realistically think to fast, maybe at all, give a lot, a lot, a lot of charity. Because there's days and days and days you owe a fasting. And you're never going to fast all these days. You might never fast any of these days. So give a lot of charity. And we're saying, and the Rebbe says, especially because when I told you on Friday that you should do fasting the regimen of three, I was saying it's for the more severe sins. But there's a lot of lighter sins also, for which you owe a lot of fast. And for the more severe sins, you really owe more than a set of three. You owe really for every time you ever did that sin. So all of us simply owe God, if we want this relationship with God and this closeness to God, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fast. So we should give a lot, a lot, a lot of charity. Because when we're giving the charity, we're giving this charity to redeem these fast days and have that same close relationship to God without fasting thousands and thousands and thousands of days. So a person could say, whoa, that's a tremendous amount of charity. I thought you're not allowed to give more than a fifth of your possessions to charity. I thought, you know, the law requires a tenth, and if you want to be really from give up to a fifth, 20%, but you're not allowed to give more than 20%. And also, Reb, if I actually seriously try to redeem every day of fasting, I will give a lot more than 20%. So the Rebbe says, don't worry. Why don't worry? I mean, you're clearly not supposed to do this. The Rebbe says, this is not the charity that the Talmud means. This charity, you are not doing for the poor man. This charity, you're doing for yourself. And the Rebbe compares it to spending money on your doctor. If a person does have a lot of money and he's really, really careful and he watches all of his pennies, I hope he still spends money if he needs to and buys medicine. And he spends money if he needs to and he goes to a doctor. Because it's the health of your body. You have to take care of your body's health. So the Rebbe says, the same way you spend money if you have to to pay for your medicine, this is your medicine. This is your spiritual medicine. So therefore, the Rebbe says, now it takes People that really want a close relationship to Hashem and really know they're not going to fast the rest of their life thousands and thousands and thousands of days, they just really give enormous amounts unstintingly to charity. And this is considered in lieu of all of these things. And makes a, a play of words, so to speak, on a verse. 
Chaste Hashem, it's the kindness of God, Kilotamnu, which really means for they are not concluded, but could mean for we are not perfect. So the Rebbe is saying here, we're not perfect. We are burdened by many sins, which we really need God's kindness for. We need God's infinite kindness. We need God's infinite charity. So because I need God's infinite kindness and charity to me, I need to act in a way of infinite kindness and charity. And when I act with infinite kindness and charity, this can draw down that God can give me his infinite kindness and charity. Now, just to note, this concept of giving more than a fifth already started with the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov has Torahs in which he speaks about about the limit of a fifth is only for people that have a hard time giving charity, but if you enjoy giving charity, please give more. The Alter Rebbe in several places speaks very, very strongly about giving more than a fifth, this being one of them. And all the Lubavitcher Rebbeim continue in this path, including the, the Rebbe, who speaks how everyone should give for sure more than a fifth. And there's many, many, many reasons brought down in Hasidic thought why it's so important and the ultimate mitzvah the ultimate mitzvah is the mitzvah of charity. And spiritually, it's the ultimate mitzvah. In terms of bringing Mashiach, it's the ultimate mitzvah. In terms of redeeming your soul, it's the ultimate mitzvah. In terms of moving evil to godliness, it's the ultimate mitzvah. So there's many, many, many reasons. And on the most practical note, it's the only mitzvah that we're told, you can test God. We're not allowed to test God. Jews are not allowed to test God. But in charity, we are. And what's the test? That you should see that your generous giving of charity is paid back by God giving you financial resources as per all of the charity you're giving. So when you need money, you have to give more charity because God pays back so much for the giving of charity. So here the Rev is putting it in the perspective of charity is your spiritual medicine. And if you're sick and you don't have money, you find the money to buy medicine. And if you have sins that you've repented for, of course, but you're still far from God because of, and you care about a relationship with God, this is a spiritual medicine to get you back in, in, in God's good graces. Be unstintingly generous in charity. Act in a godlike, bountiful, limitless way because we're not so perfect. And God will respond and give us also his limitless kindness and love. Good job, Mr.